Welcome to JP Morgan TV. I'm Bruce Kasman, and with me today is Mike Froley, our chief U.S. economist. And boy, do we have a lot of things to talk about. But before I start, Mike, I have to give you my apology. I know that you're uh, not happy with my dress today. You feel like I'm not keeping up uh, standards. It's great. It's like you're hunting wabbit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go hunt some rabbit in the uh, U.S. Uh, macro space why don't we start this from the end of the week and go backwards and obviously we had an important uh, employment report uh this morning uh what is your main takeaway from it or main takeaways perhaps yeah i prefer takeaways uh so clearly the and i think everyone saw the headlines which is that the april numbers were all generally pretty strong and if you were worried about you know, recession starting in the second quarter. Uh, I think this, you know, along with some other things we saw this week should make you a little less worried about that. Certainly the headline number was well above expectations. And then a lot of the details were also pretty decent. Uh, unemployment down to three, four. Average hourly earnings still suggesting very tight labor market. Um, uh, so overall, you know, I think it's... Uh, you know, it's a signal of continued resilience. Uh, if you want to kind of put an asterisk on that, you had some pretty notable downward revisions to prior months, which may raise some questions about whether the current month estimate will go in the same direction. Uh, but if we just take the data, and, I, you know, I do think there's probably some wisdom in looking at three-month averages, which if you look at three-month average, you're slowing, slowing pretty steadily but to a pace that is still, you know, pretty strong. And I think that's the main, you know, main message is labor market is slowing as one might expect. Is it slowing faster or, or slower than one would expect? You know, or to say probably a little, it's probably showing a little more resilience on net than you might've thought maybe 12 months so ago. Let, so let me kind of jump in there. And I think the point you're making is really important. There's some signs of slowing there. There's less breath. There's a moderation in job growth. Um, even the income stuff is not as strong as we sort of start the second quarter. You can definitely look at this report and say, ignore the April surprise to the upside. Look at the the trend and say, okay, we've got some slowing. Um, that I think is clear. And as, as as you said, it's just very hard to do anything there to say, hey, there's a threat. Something's going to break anytime mm -hmm. soon. But if you're but if you're the Fed, and I don't want to get specifically into the Fed just yet. If you're the Fed, you could say, OK, I can see this momentum slowing. I've got tightening in place. I tightened this week. Um, mm -hmm. But when I look at the and I look at the other side of the, this report, I see the labor market tightness. I see the wage numbers, mm -hmm. which, uh, boy, that's not a nuanced you know, report. There's still a lot of pressure there, isn't there? That's that's from a point of view, segueing a little bit into the Fed. That's mm -hmm. got to be something of a, a frustrating message from their point of view now. Yeah. Uh, no, I think definitely the household survey looks, however you want to slice it, like it's still a very tight labor market. Um, and I think the challenge for the Fed is, and as it has been for some time now, looking at spot data versus thinking about the forecast. And, you know, I thought from Powell on Wednesday, you heard a little bit more than he may have previously talked about forecasting. Uh, talking about the outlook rather than just spot data. But the spot data, if that's what you were, you know, if you're going to drive simply looking at the rear view mirror, 
there is no reason to suggest, you know, pausing just by looking at the spot data, right? Three, four on the year rate, five tenths on earnings. Um, yeah, none of, none of that suggests uh, pause. Let's roll it back then. Let's say, okay, we've got um, a labor market which is cooling but not weak. We got labor markets which are tight. Um, and we could obviously, if you want, bring in a little of the jolt story in here, but it's still pretty darn tight, however you want to cut it. Mm -hmm. You got wage pressures, which I think when we got the ECI and now you get today's average hourly earnings number, you can, you know, you can say wage inflation isn't at its peak, but it's certainly not anywhere anybody's mm -hmm. comfortable with at the Fed. So now you come back and say, okay, let's roll back from Friday to Wednesday mm -hmm. and say you're the, and, and I'm not suggesting we put much weight on the rally in bank stocks today let's leave that to the side but you're you're sitting here on wednesday and you now have this payroll number do you talk to us any differently than what the fed did um on wednesday i don't think in a big way right i don't think powell was talking down the you know the, the if anything I, you know, he was kind of leaning against his own staff and saying well my staff sees a recession i think we actually skirt skirt by that um so i don't think you know his sort of signaling a pause at june was uh, a big concern about the near-term data right um uh i think it reflected in part and i think you mentioned this sort of a plan in place that they are getting to a position where they think the policy rate is tight and then on top of that they have uh this added um restraint on growth from credit conditions and, and presumably bank credit supply. And, you know, I, I don't think one would expect to see that uh, the developments from SVB and onward reflected in um, in the April jobs report, right? So, I mean, that came, you know, right. depending on how you measure it about a month after SVB. So, uh, you know, as I kind of said at the outset, I think Powell probably less than uh, both of his predecessors uh, places weight, or say it more positively, Powell probably places more weight on actual developments rather than forecasts relative to his predecessors. But it felt like uh, on Wednesday he was finally willing to kind of say, all right, spot data is looking good. The forecast is for, uh, you know, the economy to weaken over time. And so that, you know, may, uh, may actually drive the decision uh, uh, next next June. Uh, or next so I, I think you're you're raising an important point is that the Fed is starting to get a little more forecast oriented in terms of paying attention to lags in the policy transmission mechanism, having some um, concern or, or at least recognition that credit tightening is going to add to the monetary tightening. And it's looking at that as a storyline for why it might be able to pause. But it's obviously kept us with some an equivocal hawkishness as it came out of that meeting. So the outcome of the June meeting is still uh, unclear. Um, the bias is that they pause for sure. But now we've got the payroll number mm. and you've got a forecast for a still pretty high uh, core CPI print uh, next week. Mm. Um, how, you know, how do you game the probabilities in June at this stage? So June, uh, you know, as you said, I think our base case is, um, is for a pause, but we see a pretty good chance that they could go one more time then. I think I 
forget the market pricing. I think it's pretty, pretty small. I would, I would put odds, you know, above that. I think at least, you know, one in four, maybe, maybe, maybe more. Uh, I think there are a couple hurdles we need to get past to kind of move them in that, that, that direction. I think we, you know, successfully, well, depending on how you define success, successfully passed one of those hurdles today with the strong jobs number. Uh, I think we need to see that sustained also in the May jobs report. Uh, obviously, I think we need to feel that the banking situation is stabilizing. Uh, you know, this week we had a few um, hiccups in that regard. Uh, and then finally, we, you know, our, our good friend Jay Barry just pulled forward his um, timing of the X date on the debt ceiling to early June, which is not too far off from when uh, when the June yep. meeting is going to be. So I think all three of those, the data, the banks, and the debt ceiling are going to, you know, have to kind of break in a favorable direction for, for June to be. Um, to be a hike. Yeah. But let's let's leave the debt ceiling conversation for a moment. I, I want to get your thoughts on that. But if you just sort of said from what everything you know today, um, broadly, what would you put the probability of a, a hike for June at this stage? As I said, I mean, maybe one in, one in four, maybe one in three, something in that. Okay. Point. Somewhere between 25 and 35% roughly. Okay. That's, uh, that is more than the market I think is pricing yeah. in at this stage. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, te I'm not tempted to go too far into talking about banking sector stress, partly because I think both of us are, are not good plumbers. That's the way I've been putting it. Economists generally are not good plumbers, and we have a hard time seeing these things until they actually manifest themselves. But the debt ceiling, I know you're an astute political uh, analyst, Mike, and therefore you've got very clear and, and well-formed views on what's going to happen with the debt ceiling. You noted Jay brought his um, X date forward. Uh, so we're really talking about dynamics that are going to play out here over the next few weeks. What do you, mm -hmm. What's your thoughts there on what might happen? So, uh, well, one thing I know that's going to happen is on Tuesday, the president is going to meet with the congressional leaders from both parties and both chambers. Uh, and one would, one, certainly I assume that's going to be, nothing's going to come out of that, but that's going to be the first of many meetings we're going to see over the course of May. Uh you know, I think the challenging thing here is if we, we, given what we learned about April tax receipts this week, uh, the timeline for getting something done has gotten compressed from uh, three to four months into one month, right? And that makes it uh, pretty challenging. There are some congressional recesses, some holidays between now and, and the X date. Uh, so we're really talking about a very, a very short calendar to get people who are at very far, uh, extremes, uh, very far ends of the spectrum in terms of, uh, how they view the fiscal situation to find a middle ground. So, uh, and that's going to be a problem for everyone. So there may be some possibility that we get, um, bit of a short-term fix, uh, but they're even a short-term fix. It's not clear that uh, uh, everyone in Congress sees the shortened uh, calendar as a bad thing. Some might see it as an opportunity for more leverage uh, to, to um, have their policy preferences. I mean, basically what we have is a just hugely uncertain set of, exactly. yeah. of outcomes as mm -hmm. we look towards later this month. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not clear we're going to get much news very soon on that, right? This is just going to start to build into the into the next few weeks. Yeah, I think I think next week is the you know sort of the meet and greet round of um, of this. But you know, while you say we're not going to learn much anytime soon, well, we have to learn something <laughs> within. <laughs> no, about I mean, a in the next few <laughs> next week or so. But next but week, I, yes, I, I think next week is is the opening you know kind of opening remarks. Uh, phase of this but you know this isn't something we can say well you know what happens when we get to july and you know this is the calendar is really shortened up on us quite quite significantly here so let's let's um i i know that we don't have a clear view on what kind of uh, decision might be made to kind of get us past this but if they did decide on pushing it back uh, how far would that be in your mind? Are we talking weeks or months or how, 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 how much of a delay could be put into the, uh, the picture to, to uh, kind of, yeah, I, I would say, I would say somewhere between weeks and months, uh, you know, one option that has been floated by many in the kind of the, the, the center of both parties is to align the timing with the, of the debt ceiling with the timing of uh, government funding, which is to say September 30th, uh, you need to have the regular um, renewal of government funding. And so this was the old uh, so-called Gephardt rule, whereby you, know, you kind of decide all these fiscal issues together. If you're going to raise the debt ceiling, you're going to also raise uh, you know, government funding, and that would have kind of a, a bigger um, compromise effort. Again, they're, as I said, centrists on both parties like that idea. Um, but it's not clear that everyone's uh, on board with that. Um, I think, uh, from what I understand, the White House is a little worried about the leverage that would exert on the budget process. I think on the, in the House Republicans, there are some who don't want to drag, you know, want to use the leverage now rather than wait until September. So, uh, so that's a long-winded way of saying weeks or months. I think, you know, if we do extend it, it probably would be to some time, like our. our the timing we thought before this uh, this week was sometime in early August. Maybe we would kick it back to that point. And obviously, we can't ignore the the banking sector stress. I don't want to get into a, a a discussion about individual banks or 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 how uh, financial markets are going to behave here. But I want to just sort of ask you, as a macroeconomist, you have this uncertainty that's sitting out there. Um, how do you? track it how are you looking at the way we see this in terms of understanding as we go forward is this more is it less of a drag than what's implicit in our our baseline forecast what's the kind of things you're focusing on there yeah well i think you you started to preview next week's data i think on monday we'll probably get the most anticipated senior loan officer survey (laughs) i can recall (laughs) Um, and that is that's one you know, imperfect measure. All measures that guess are kind of imperfect, uh, but certainly a very important one for thinking about uh, how much added restraint this is delivering to the economy. I think one thing to think, you know, one. What is the kind of result of that survey that would get you to be more nervous? Is there some because it's already pointing to pretty decent amount of tightening in lending standards. So what what yeah. kind of thing would uh, kind of shake you a little bit from that report? So. Hard to say, uh, but I do think you, you raise an important point there, which is the Q1 report. So next Monday, we'll get the Q2 report. The Q1 report was taken in 
January, well before SVB or anything else. That had already shown kind of recession-like tightening in, in lending standards. And I think that just tells you that tightening lending standards is a normal part of the transmission mechanism, monetary policy transmission mechanism. And one of the reasons we had expected all the monetary policy tightening we had seen to deliver a recession by year end. Um, now, bank failures are not a normal part of the monetary policy transmission mechanism, right? So this does add, I think the, the added stress uh, is a little bit above and beyond what probably we had anticipated. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we'll, we'll need to take a look at that report to kind of gauge uh, in a historical sense whether this is, you know, how much more this is adding. Um, and I think it'll be interesting, you know, the, the sluice, as we sometimes call the senior loan officer of the survey, often has a lot of um, sort of special questions, which we don't know what those are going to be up front, but presumably we're going to have a bunch of those to kind of um, think about next uh, next Monday. Okay. So before we wrap up, I just want to ask, is there anything else in terms of the next few weeks that you think is particularly uh, worth pointing people's to attention to, either in terms of what we'll learn from it or a forecast we have? Uh, let's see. So CPI, we're a little above consensus on CPI. We got the sluice. We got the Biden meetings next week. Uh, beyond that, I think we're probably a little biased toward a stronger retail sales report. And um, we already got a decent car sales. Rebound. Got a decent car sales report. So yeah, um, yeah. You know, we'll we'll just be watching. I think bank deposit data. We'll be watching the debt ceiling. Uh, we'll get a bank lending number in about 45 minutes i think yeah, so exactly. we can yeah. we can we could have a coffee and look at that as it comes off the screen so but anyway okay i think we'll we'll end it there and uh thanks everybody for listening lots of things to watch and uh hope we can continue the conversation next week on jp morgan tv take care